Say that. He'll never give up on me. That's the truth. And the Bible says we'll know the truth and the truth will set us free. God never gives up on any person. Don't care where you've been, what you've done, what you've said. God never gives up. He goes to the end of the earth, but he never gives up. That's the kind of God we serve. Amen. We want to welcome our online visitors, our guests this morning. You're watching online. We're so glad you've joined us. We've prayed for you this morning, and we've prayed for everybody here in the sanctuary. You know, we come to church. God desires to do something in us, to us, and through us today. So I believe that God's got a word for us today. Amen. How many will receive that today? So we're glad you have joined us. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. It's good for me because it tells me what's right, tells me what's not right, tells me how to get right, and tells me how to stay right. That's a good word. Amen. The word is profitable to us because it's God's purpose and his will for our lives. Amen. We hold in our hand love letters from God. He said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And this life is in this word. Amen. And so as we were praying about today, I believe that God's got a word for every one of us. Will you receive that? Amen. How many believe God would like to talk to you today? Amen. God would like to speak into your situation today if we have ears to hear. Amen. I want you to turn to the uh, Mark chapter 11. I'm going to try to talk about the whole chapter this morning, but I'm going to do it quickly. Amen. Mark chapter 11. There's really five great lessons that we can learn, and I believe that in one of them, God will speak to you. There's two words. One is logos and one is rhema. Logos is good to hear, but rhema is the spirit of God. Amen. Rhema is, rhema is that word that touches you down in your, in your deepest core. Rhema is that word that speaks to your situation. Rhema goes past our five senses. But past, rhema goes past our understanding. Rhema is the spirit of God speaking to our spirit. For who knows the spirit of a man better than the spirit of God? Amen. So a lot of times we read the logos, which is good. But I believe today God says we're, we're going to get down to the rhema. Amen. So in, uh, in Mark chapter 11, uh, and I, I want to set this up because how uh, the word, uh, the first word that I ever got that became rhema to me was in uh, Mark 11. And it's the story of Jesus going into Jerusalem. Uh, he had been in Jerusalem several times, but this is the last time that he is going into Jerusalem. And so he tells his disciples, uh, I want you to go into the city uh, where the two roads cross and you're gonna find a colt, the fold of an ass that's never been ridden before. And when you see him, I want you to unloose him. Everybody say, unloose him. I want you to unloose him uh, and bring him to me. And oh, by the way, if someone asks you, what are you doing? 
you tell him this, the Lord has need of him. I want everybody to say that. The Lord has need of him. And so uh, the disciples went in. They went to the roads where the two roads cross. And they found the colt that had never been ridden before. And they unloosed him. And and, uh, the owner said, what are you doing? Uh, Why are you unloosing that colt? And they said, the Lord has need of him. Now, when I first read that, I thought that was Jesus. It's almost like he just went and took someone's property. But we know Jesus wouldn't do that. So the story is told in the commentaries. Jesus had been through this area several times. And he had he'd met a man there. And he said, hey, sometime later on, I'm going to be coming in Jerusalem for the last time. And uh, I want to borrow, I'm going to use one of your donkeys. I'll return him to you. And the password is going to be because the Lord has need of him. And if someone says that to you, then you'll know that's the password. And so this person says, okay. So sometime later, Jesus sent the two disciples in and the man saw them undoing his donkey. And so he said, what are you doing that for? And the password was given. Are you understanding that? Jesus wouldn't just take something without pre-planning it. Well, when I read that early in my Christian life, it hit me. God has need of me. Everybody say that. God has need of me. God has need of everyone. God has need of everyone. Amen. And so uh, when I read that, it just, it hit me and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, God has a plan for my life. Amen. Every person, every person, God, God has need of it. And God has, has a plan to get, to let us know that. For here's that donkey. He was wild as a March hare. He had never been ridden before. But still, God wanted to, oh, that's good. That is good. This, was, this donkey was as wild as could be because no man had ever ridden him. Now, I'm not a farm boy, but I wouldn't get on a donkey never been ridden before. That'd be dumb. Amen? But, but see, God had need of him. And in, in, in the world system, we would say, well, tame that donkey train him up, make him tame, and then God can use him. But that's not God's plan. God says, God says, I want you when you're wild. Come on now. Well, anyway, that's, that hit me. And it just, that God had need of me that I said, wow, I I never realized that, that God had a plan for my life. And I remember mentioning to a friend of mine, and just sharing that a little bit. And he said, well, I want you to come down to Montrose. He said, I've got a little church of 20 people. I want you to share that. I had never shared nada, nothing. I had never done anything like that before. And I'm going, wow. And so I said, okay. So it was about two weeks away. And so uh, I'm praying and I'm studying and I'm doing all of this. Wow, I get to go downtown and preach, you know. And uh, so I, I got through doing everything that I knew to do. I had my notes. I had everything ready. And uh, I just felt like the Lord impressed upon me to go into my closet and pray in the spirit. And so, uh, I, okay. So, you know, it's dark in the closet. I mean, you, you know, you're like that. You can't see your hand. It is dark in that closet. But so I, I go in the closet and I, and I, I sat down and uh, shut the door and it's dark. And so I just started praying in the spirit. And, and I remember saying this. Lord, if perchance I've missed anything, 
you know, in, in case I hadn't, I hadn't hit it all, Lord, just, well, I'm just going to pray in the spirit. And so I sat there, and I don't know how long I sat there. It wasn't a long period of time. But anyway, the Lord spoke to me. And uh, <laughs> he said, Jack, circle the verbs. You know, God, God speaks so we can understand him. So he said, I want you to circle the verbs in this, in, in this story. And so I said, wow, my English teacher would be real proud of me that I know what a verb is. <laughs> and so these are the four verbs. Go, find, loose, and bring. Why? Wow, it, just, it just turned me upside down. The whole gospel message God revealed that to me because I yielded myself to a donkey. The Lord has need of thee. So go find them, loose them, and bring them unto me. I'm praying that happens for you today. And something that, that is said today, or maybe that has already been said, you'll get the, the rhema word that you are precious in God's sight. That God has a plan for your life. And it might not be what you think your plan is, but it, God has a plan for your life. And, it, and it's revealed through faith. It's revealed through obedience to understand, to know that God loves you. And that God has a place for you. You were created for a purpose. Everybody say, I was created for a purpose. It is sad that cemeteries are full of people that never fulfill their purpose. They lived a, a life uh, on the earth and died and never fulfilled their purpose. And, and, it's, and we can find out what it is through God's word. In uh, John 8, 32, it says here, ah, this is good. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, then are you my disciples and you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Amen. A lie's purpose is to destroy, but the truth is to give us life and we shall know the truth and the truth shall set us free. So, so our freedom is the number one, reading the word, continuing in the word, becoming a disciple of the word, and now the truth, we will know the truth and the truth will set us free. How, how many know Jesus came to set the captives free? See, we understand this because in the very beginning of the book, the Lord spoke truth to Adam and Eve. How many would agree with that? How many know God always speaks truth? He never, he never confuses the truth with a lie. He's always speaking the truth. He spoke the truth to Adam and Eve about the trees in the garden. He spoke to them about everything in the garden. It's all yours. You can have it. It's yours. But one tree, don't touch it. I don't, don't go near it. Don't look at it and don't eat it. For in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. That's the truth. That's a fact from the throne of God. What the devil did then, which is what he's still doing today is that he wants to pervert the truth to make us believe a lie. And so he comes to Eve and he said, did God speak truth to you? And Eve, and Eve said, he, she, yeah, he spoke truth. He said, 
don't eat of it, for in the day that we eat of it, we'll surely die. Well, here comes, here comes the lie. No, darling, you're not going to die. Perverted the truth. And that was just enough to change Eve's attitude because now she started looking at that fruit, desired that fruit, and ate it, and we are where we are today because of that. Are oh, you understand what I'm saying? But if we are a disciple of Christ, taught of the Lord, then are we his disciples, and he said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. So in, in Mark 11, that first story, it just, it changed my life. It, it kind of set me on the road to where we are today because the word was not just a logos word, but it was a rhema word. Does everybody understand what a rhema I mean, it, you, you get it down in your belly and it just changes your life. Amen. So we're going to believe that for today. In Mark 11, 23 and 26, it's a beautiful story about a mountain and faith. And Jesus said that if you had faith, you could speak to a mountain. Anybody got a mountain this morning? He said you could speak to a mountain you could command it to be picked up and removed and cast into the sea. If you doubt not in your heart, whatsoever things you sayeth will come to pass. Well, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We can speak to mountains. If there's a mountain in my life, I can point my finger at it and say, in the name of Jesus, there's no doubt in my heart. I've heard God's word and I cast you into the sea and I don't doubt it. Isn't that awesome? That's powerful. But in the same context as he's saying that we're, you're going to destroy mountains. We're going to flex our muscle. We're going to speak to mountains and they're going to be removed. And then he said, oh, and by the way, if you have unforgiveness against anybody, forgive. Wow. He's putting unforgiveness in the same category is speaking to mountains. In other words, if you're going to speak to a mountain and command to be picked up and removed, you better not have any unforgiveness in you. Amen. Boy, that's powerful. The power that's in forgiveness. Because see, the Bible says if we don't forgive someone, we hold them in bondage, which means we stay in bondage. If we remit their sins, the Bible says it's remitted. But if we retain their sin, it is retained. So the power, we must be people of forgiveness. Amen. So I want to do this this morning. That person that you've not been able to forgive. That you just, you maybe thought you had every right in the world not to forgive that person. See, you'll never remove mountains until you forgive them. And maybe this morning is the morning that you, you can, you're going to have the strength to do that. Now, if you don't feel like you can do it in your strength, then you better ask God to help you. I've been there. I've done that. I said, Lord, I don't know if I can do it all by myself. He said, well, let me help you. Why don't you believe me? Why don't you believe that I have the power uh, working through you that you can forgive that person? So I want you to do that this morning. You watching by online, I want you to do it too. Because it's holding up. Mountains are never going to be removed in your life until you learn to forgive. Amen? So just do it quietly. Picture that person. 
and ask God to forgive them. And then you forgive them. Now, if you do that, you're going to be able to speak to mountains. If you don't do it, you're going to be going around the mountain again. Amen? That's what, is that what the word says? I mean, that's powerful. He said, it, it, you're going to have the power. He said, faith is going to speak to mountains and, and, and cause them to be picked up and thrown into the sea. Oh, and by the way, forgive. Hallelujah. If you did that this morning, there's a great freedom coming. Amen in Jesus' name. Mark 11 and verse 28, and this is, where I'm, this is what I'm trying to get to this morning. The priest, the scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they did not like Jesus. He was upsetting their, their uh, apple cart. He called God Father, <laughs> and they thought that was blasphemy. They said nobody has the right to call God that. And they were looking ways to kill him, and several times they picked up stones to, to stone him, but he just, it says God, he just walked through the crowd. Amen. And so they come to verse uh, 28 and it says, by what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you the authority to do that? As I was reading that, another way to say that, what are your credentials? What credentials do you have to prove that you can do this? Because see, the priests were very up on credentials. Their credentials were that they were Pharisee. Their credential was that they wore a special kind of a robe. Their credentials were that they had an e-pod on their chest. And their, credential, their credentials were where they sat in the places of meetings. This was their credentials. And so they're saying, so what are your credentials? What right do you have to do that? I remember when I was in the Air Force, I had a uh, top clearance rating. I had a lanyard and I had my name and my picture on it. And it said top clearance and, it, and, and there was a color code on there and there were certain places that I could go. And this is back in the U2 days when uh, our U-2 was shot down in, in the 60, early 60s, and uh, uh, the U-2 plane would come and land at the Air Force Base at night. And I had, I was, I had a credential. And so when I showed up at the barracks, uh, the MPs, they looked at me and they saw my credentials, and so they allowed me to come in. And uh, I got to go in and... Uh, <laughs> My job, along with four other guys, was to stand on the runway, and when this U-2 plane flew in, as it started to stop, we went out and held up the wings, because the wings would fall down and almost touch the ground. Aren't you glad I was serving the country? <laughs> and so that's why we, I had it, but I had a top-level Clarence, they just didn't let anybody in there. So I was certified, I was certified to do that. So the priests were certified because of their dress, because of their mannerism, and because of where they sat 
uh, in the meetings. You know, uh, they wanted to sit in the seat of uh, priority. This is, my, this is my justification for who I am. And so they're asking Jesus, by what authority? What are your credentials? Jesus, I only do, I only do what I hear my father say. I only do what I hear my father say to do. That's all, that's all he had to say. So I come today, what are our credentials? As a Christian, how are you certified as a Christian? Coming to church doesn't certify you. Giving an offering doesn't certify you. Giving the man on the street money when you pass by does not certify you. Now, those are great gestures. But our authority in the spirit realm is this. The word, the name, and the blood of Jesus. What right do you have to lay hands on the sick? I'm certified because the word of God says in Mark 16, I will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. What certification do you have to speak to a demon-possessed person? Mark 16. I'll speak to demons and they have to run. Amen? You see what I'm saying? Our certification, our verification, our authority in the spirit realm is the Word of God. If I go to my bank and I want to withdraw $1,000... Uh, sir, what, what authority do you have to do that? Well, they all know me in the first place. They wouldn't ask me that. But I, I say, well, I'm a member. And I, here's my bank account. And, and I, have, I have that money right there. That's my verification. Oh, yes, Pastor Jack. Okay, we'll give you that. Are you understand what I'm saying? Well, see, we have that certification. We have that, the authority in the spirit realm to do whatever it is that God has called us to do. See, I'm certified to know that all of my needs are taken care of in Christ Jesus. I'm certified because it said, given, it'll be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, running over. Will men give into your bosom? Come on now. I'm not worried about next week. I've got a certification from God that he'll never leave me nor forsake me. He's good all the time. Say that. He's good all the time. Amen. So we have that when they said, by what authority? They, they, wanted, they wanted something because he was calling God Father. And it made them mad because they couldn't do that. And then the, he equaled himself to God. I, I think he even told them, me, me and the Father are one. If, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And if you've seen the Father, you've seen me. So as Christians, our certification Our justification is because of the word, the name, and the blood. We've been given, wow, we've been given the name of Jesus that every knee has to bow at the name of Jesus. That's my authority in the spirit realm. Amen? Is the name of Jesus. Now, 
there was a man in the Bible in the book of Acts, uh, Sleva, I think was his name, and he had seven sons, and uh, they liked to cast out devils. But, but they would go and they would say, I cast you out in the name of that, that guy named Paul. See, no authority. He, was, he said, well, we cast you out in, the, in, the, in that same way or that name, that Paul guy that, that comes around. Well, they, they made him naked and made him run off. See, because the, de- the devil, <laughs> the devil knows who's speaking with authority. Don't speak to a demon, a devil, unless you're ready for him. We've not had many occasions, but Mary Jean and I had an occasion to, to be in the presence of a demon-possessed person. And uh, she didn't know we were coming, but we walked through the door and she said, I knew it'd be you pigeon people. <laughs> and uh, she didn't realize we were scared as she was. And uh, we, we, we knew real quick we were in the, in the presence of a demon-possessed person. And uh, I'm telling you what, we used authority, and, and all we knew at the time was the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, she'd rear up and want to do something, and she's a big lady too, and, and we'd just say, in the name of Jesus, and her head would hit the table. And then she'd come back up, and we did this for four or five hours. And that's all we did in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. We will cast out devils in the name of Jesus. And uh, praise God, the, the, the demon didn't come out that night, but uh, uh, the lady got healed and delivered. And uh, the last report we heard, they were serving in the church. Amen. Amen. The devil entered her through Bugs Bunny on television. She was being molested as a child and whenever this person would come home, she would run into the room to hide and turn on the, the TV and Bugs Bunny uh, was there. And uh, that, that fear brought that out and, and, uh, and entered in her body. But praise God, I think, I think our time with her just using the name of Jesus. Uh, but she finally did get help. And, and again, we found out that she was, she was uh, in her right mind and, and serving the Lord. By what authority? Do we do what we do? The authority that's been given to us by the Lord Jesus Christ. You will tread on scorpions, scorpions and snakes and nothing deadly will hurt you. You'll be the head and not the tail above and not beneath. Hallelujah. We got to understand our authority. Our credentials. I have credentials. And they're not because I'm wearing a three-piece a suit. Amen. Our credentials are the words that come forth out of our mouth. Amen. Bow your heads with me this morning. Father, we praise you and thank you this morning. Oh, Jesus, what an awesome God you are. What an awesome God. Father, we thank you that we've, you've given us credentials, Father, through your word. And so I praise you and I thank you for that this morning, Father. Lord, we just praise you and thank you that you told Nicodemus, Nicodemus, you're, you're in church, you're all about church, but you got to be born again. Nicodemus says, Lord, uh, what, what do you mean? Do I go back in my mother's womb? No, you've got to be born of the Spirit of God. 
That which, born, which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the spirit is spirit. You must be born again. What does that mean? Well, you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You say, Lord, I want to be saved. I want to be part of the kingdom of God. I want to live that life, Lord, that you've, you died for me to have. You that are watching by the internet, it's a simple, just ask Jesus to come into your heart. Just say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. I accept you as Lord and Savior. And it's that simple. And the logos will become rhema. Is anyone here in the congregation today, you would raise your hand and say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I want to be born again this morning. I want to receive Jesus, Lord, Jesus as my Lord and my Savior this morning. From the youngest to the oldest, there's no age requirement. So, Father, we praise you and we thank you for the family of God. Amen. We praise you and we just thank you, Father, that you've gifted us with authority in the spirit realm. And you said, Lord, we could speak to mountains and command, command them to be picked up and removed. I thank you for that, Lord. But I also thank you, Father, that you've told me to forgive. And so, Lord, I believe there's been a spirit of forgiveness in this uh, speaking today, Father. I'm not going to be bound to unforgiveness today. Lord, I'm set free, and I receive that, and thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless. Give the Lord a hand clap. Thank him for his word.